The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hello, everyone. This episode, I think I say this before every episode that it's a fun one, but this one really is a fun one. Um, We had JT Barnett on the podcast, who, if you're on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen him on your For You page. He runs a TikTok agency where he connects creators with brands. He has his own um, social media following where he shares a lot of content on how to win on TikTok and how to not give a fuck what people think. And yeah, we'd seen him on our For You page enough where we're like, okay, we need to talk to this guy. He gets it. Let's bring him on. So we did just that. We sure did. This episode went in a couple different directions. If you're a new parent looking for parenting advice, <laughs> definitely keep listening. Three people who do not have children. <laughs> highly qualified, highly opinionated. If you're thinking about the education system and how it might be flawed, this episode's for you. Honestly, just like a fun listen. I feel like if you're on a walk doing your mental health walk <laughs> or you're driving yeah. or whatever, this is going to be easy listening and a fun conversation. Yeah. And lots of good takeaways, lots of good things to think about within the convo. So yeah, Yeah. I think we should just get into it. Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're chatting with JT Barnett, who is super inspiring in the TikTok space and the creator economy in general. JT, thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Amazing. So to start us off, take us back to the beginning. You've had an interesting route to get to where you are today. So fill in our audience on the journey. Cool. Would love to. So for all of the Canadian listeners, we just established the fact that I'm actually half Canadian. Um, <laughs> I, was born, I was born in Los Angeles though. So, but I did live, I did live in Canada for a bit, which we'll get to. Uh, grew up in Los Angeles in Scottsdale. That's kind of like what I consider my hometown is now is like actually Scottsdale, but currently I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, always grew up playing hockey. When I turned 15, I moved from Scottsdale to Vancouver uh, to play in the WHL. So I played five years of pro, of semi-pro in the WHL, Vancouver, Kelowna, Kamloops, all over British mm-hmm. Columbia. Then when I turned 20, I, played, I turned pro and actually played pro hockey. I never made the NHL, but I played all up and down from all AAA down to AA, all across the board. And then I went and played in Europe for my last two years. Saying that, what I'm doing now has absolutely nothing to do with hockey, other than the (laughs) fact that what I was known for on all of my hockey teams was the guy that was doing things outside of playing hockey. So I was Mm -hmm. producing music. I was doing things with art. I was always messing around with different clothing. I was graphic designing. I was just, I was putting out content. I was on all social media platforms. So I was just like very creative on the side of me being a hockey player. And that was like, what really kind of like fueled me on the ice as well. Those kind of like two endeavors, like balancing both. And so when I decided to retire 2017, so now, now it's been almost like four or five years, decided to retire. And my girlfriend, who's now my fiance, was really going hard into Instagram as like a fitness, health and wellness trainer, coach, whatever you want to call it. 
and her pl- platform was just starting to pick up some, some traction. So I watched that happen and was giving her feedback and tips on like what ways she could take it. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do when I'm done with playing hockey. For sure, I'm going to go and do some sort of create content creation and like go really hard into that. And so that was what I did. I retired. I started going really hard into influencer, like as an influencer in the like fitness, health and wellness world that built me a little bit of a profile. And like, I don't want to say I was making good money because I really was not, but I was making ends meet with it Mm -hmm. to the point where it was like, I don't need to get a job. Mm -hmm. I still was doing personal training on the side, but I was like, I don't need to go work a nine to five because I'm making ends meet with my Instagram. And that was enough for me because I knew that that was going to parlay into whatever it was that was next. And so fast forward a little bit, was doing that for a while. TikTok came around. I started going hard on TikTok. I noticed we literally, I I would post a video of me like stick handling, playing hockey, and it would get like 250,000 views. And then I would post a video of like my lunch and it would get like 100,000 views. And I was like, first, I thought that it was not real people. But then I was like, oh shit, this is actually real people. There's like people commenting that they want to see more of this or whatever. So this is actually legitimate. I want to go harder into this. COVID hits, pandemic hits, we're living in a, in San, we moved in with, or we like left our house and went and quarantined with Sam's family. So we were in their house and I was like, I'm just going to go really hard on TikTok. Everybody's sitting on TikTok. I'm going to go really hard onto it. Started posting a lot. My profile started to build on there. And one of my buddies who was in New York, he had posted a video of his girlfriend getting lost at like a coffee shop and he got like 25 million views overnight. And his profile went from zero. It was his first video went from zero to like 180,000 people following him. Wow. And when that Same. happened, he called me and I was like, dude, we got to like, we got to do something that is like, we got to take this to the next level. Cause mm-hmm. this is like a moment in time where shit is just really real on here. And so we kind of like went back and forth, different ideas. And we landed on this idea of like, let's get a group of people to quarantine together in a house in Los Angeles and actually film it all on the platform of TikTok as if it was like MTV real world, like revamping that. So we ended up doing that. That was called Honey House. That was the first adult TikTok house. And like for anybody that like, which is everybody that spent time on TikTok during quarantine and saw Charlie D'Amelio or Addison Bay or the Sway House, like those were kind of, we saw those houses popping up, the hype house. And we were like, what is this? And what are they doing? And like, why do people follow it? And we were like, nobody's doing this as like an older demographic and or with any sort of like health, wellness, positivity aspect to it. Mm -hmm. So like, let's do that. Let's be that house. So that's what we did. We started a house, first adult TikTok house. We literally went into this house being like, we're going to just try different things. We don't know if it's going to work. We have no idea. Everybody's pitching in. We're not necessarily making money off of this. We're just going to see if it works. Went from zero to a million followers in four months. And when that happened, it was like that kind of established me as like somebody that knows what they're doing in TikTok. It kind of just gave Mm -hmm. me a little bit more of like a, oh, this is a a person that you can go to for these kind of ideas. So then I started having companies reach out to me and say, hey, can you teach us how to do TikTok? So I took on one of those those clients and there's just like really crushed it, really popped off. They felt so good with it that they told friends and then their friends came to me. So I was like, oh, now I have more companies that are coming to me for TikTok. So I was like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be something I'm actually going to do. And so fast forward over the last year, that's what I've done. I do strategy for, for, tic- for brands on TikTok. I teach them how to do it. I don't actually film content for them. I'm not in the game of actually creating content for anybody. Mm-hmm. I just oversee it and teach them how to do it in-house. 
because I think mm-hmm. it's a better long-term plan for them anyway. Totally. The second thing that I do now is because brands are like, we want to do this, but we don't actually want to film it. We don't know how to film it. Can you find us a TikTok creator? Now I'm going and actually finding creators for these companies so that they can hire them in-house full-time or sometimes part-time depending on the creator, but hire these creators full-time to like literally run the brand's page and make content for them and run it and be the person. And I do all of that at the same time of being a creator myself. So I started my own business page, TikTok page, where I'm giving educational ideas and tips and all that stuff out on that. And that is the funnel of where I get creators Mm -hmm. to apply to work with brands. It's through my content. They sign up. I go into a date. It puts them into kind of like a database where then I go through and look at all their content and sort them for like brands I think would be appropriate and then pair them with the brands. So that's all of our day-to-day now is doing the strategy for companies, the recruiting for companies, and then me making my own content. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at. Oh, is that all? (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. I want to go back. There's a lot in there and I know we're going to get to a lot of it. When you were coming out of hockey and into Instagram for the first time, if I were to interview you then, what did you think the next five years were going to look like? Exactly what I'm doing. Are you serious? Really? Yeah, 100%. If you asked me and guys on my team probably that played with me, where if they were like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to do social media because I knew I, I was good at it. I was good at it since MySpace. Like that was mm-hmm. like a skill of mine was like, MySpace was my thing in sixth grade. If people, friends of mine in sixth grade have been like, dude, this guy was just dialed in on MySpace. <laughs> then MySpace left and Facebook came out. And I was the person in all of our friend group and in high school and all of that that was like really good at Facebook. Okay. And then that kind of left and it kind of like that Instagram came, but Twitter came. And like I was just going, I was going hard on all of those. And it was my, it was my like creative outlet, but hockey was like my main thing. And it was like I had done this since I was two. I wasn't going to quit because at that point, social media was not like a business. It wasn't like something mm-hmm. you did yeah, for totally. work. It was like you're, you're connecting with other people or you're just like putting out things for humor or fun. When I started seeing on Instagram, Instagram was really the first platform that people could like, it was a business for them. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, King Batch and like the creators like that, that were in that kind of like humorous, like funny skits and like yeah. viral content, Vine and then Instagram. Where it was like, oh, these are like, these are like legitimate like people that are like can make careers out of this. When I started seeing that, and then it kind of trickled down, and it was like, no longer is it just the humorous, super viral creators, but like now there's almost like this fitness niche that like you can get into that, and like there's creators that are coming from there. And then I started seeing my girlfriend do it, and I was just like, oh, this is gonna be like really real. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So then talk to us a bit about where you see the future of social media. Like I've seen in some of your content, you talk about how TikTok and video are taking over. Can you speak to that a bit? I think virality changes in the sense of like celebrities now are no longer as mainstream. Like, yeah, you get the you get the one off like Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray. that's like a household name. But I think it becomes more of like a niche of like a celebrity in each niche mm. or like who's the like main or the thought leaders or like the the go-to people in each niche. So I think I think the celebrity factor kind of gets a little bit uh, turned upside down on its head. And I think within that, I think creators become those celebrities. Like I think that you become self-made 
Kim Kardashian was kind of like the example of that self-made now influencer, all of that. But now I think it's on a micro level of that, uh, where it's like all of these different niches from everything from tech to wellness to literally baking or like whatever it is, they have their own like people in those. But it's like, if you're not in that niche, you don't necessarily know who the people are in that niche that are the go-to people. Mm -hmm. So it stays, it stays more a little, it stays a little bit less uh, mainstream. And so I see that, I see that happening more and more. I see creators as a whole, just being a, a legitimate job. I don't think that, I think that now people even right now to this day, they look at creator as they look at creator and influencer as synonymous. So it's like, if you're a creator, you're an influencer, meaning yeah. you have an audience, meaning you do brand deals and that's your income. Whereas I actually think that it's going to change. I think that it's going to be, I think that because right now the word creator and the word influencer are synonymous, I think it ends up kind of like splitting to where you can be a creator that doesn't even need to have your own massive audience or do any brand deals, but you're making content for brands yeah. that they're posting on their channel and that's your income. And yeah. so your own channel is just, it could be whatever. It could be a Finsta. It could be whatever. As long as you're good at making content and the brands know about it, that's your income. Whereas I think influencer will still be its own thing. That means you mm -hmm. own your own audience. You have a, a platform that you can market things to, do brand deals, launch your own products. But creator and influencer, I think are going to split a little bit and it'll be able to differentiate between the two. And right now you're not there. Influencer is kind of a dirty word. Honestly, like I talk to a lot of brands all day that shit on influencer marketing and they shit on the fact that their budgets have gone out the window and it's been hard to measure and hard to track. And I do agree that times are changing. We're starting to see UGC and ads. We're starting to see UGC have an impact on product pages, on e-commerce sites. Like there is like actual numbers to be had here. When you were talking about going hard, focusing for the first time, what did that mean tangibly? Like what were you actually pumping out in terms of content? When I first was like, I'm going to go hard, it was like, I'm going to post a, a photo or a video every day. At that point, Instagram was photo first. So it wasn't even necessarily like, you need to make a video. It was like, I need to post some sort of a photo every single day Doesn't and be active on my stories. That feels like 10 years ago. That feels no, so long. <laughs> I mean, Wild. things are moving so fast right now that even me getting on TikTok feels like it was 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like the mix of the pandemic Plus people being at home and being like, and not going into an office consistently and with social economic things that have been going on. It's just like this perfect storm for people to want to get on the internet, but not want to get on Instagram. So they're like, what else is there? So that's why TikTok has emerged. Mm -hmm. And from people also being at home and being on these platforms, it's like now things like NFTs have emerged and that's, and then Clubhouse. And it's just, there's so many new things coming because people have more time to like spend on a computer that it's like the the and have needed to because you can't go out and do things in person so they have had had to adopt that there's just so much innovation coming uh which i love because it is literally like funneling people into my line of work which is amazing mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like there's still a lot of catching up that needs to be done with even something like tiktok that people aren't there yet and mm -hmm. there's so much coming for with with that and nfts and clubhouse and like just all these things that are new is clubhouse still a thing clubhouse is not a still a thing no okay, but okay, now okay. it's <laughs> now the tech the tech of that like the audio spaces has now totally. that's in twitter and it's like yeah. that has been adopted do you think like do people actually use the twitter 
spaces or whatever it's called? Not in the sense of, I mean, I don't know how active you guys were on Clubhouse, but Clubhouse was like anything and everything you could go and like there was different rooms for everything. Now yeah. I think it gets, now it's more of, I would say that the, uh, the spaces is now more tech related or even NFT or like crypto related. Yes. But I do think that that audio, like the audio implication has like now been introduced, like Slack now has it where you can do an audio yeah. chat with your team. Like, you know, Discord has it. So yeah. I do think that that's something that has like been innovative, but like, I don't know anybody that's going and spending an hour a week on Clubhouse anymore. Yeah. There, <laughs> there was like a times. month where Kelsey and I, yeah. we were roommates and we were on Clubhouse every night. But yeah, I think what you were saying about people are at home more, they can't see people in person and TikTok, they can go on the platform and it's not people they know who they're scared are going to judge them, like maybe on Instagram. So they're being more authentic. And I think that's been a huge part of why TikTok's blown up so much over over the pandemic if you guys ever get a chance to like really look into the origin of tiktok and like how it actually got to be so popular it people think that it was just like oh we're gonna just it, it's just like a new platform that just happened to like work and just happened to just like capture everybody's attentions no, it was calculated oh, the way yeah. that they did everything the way they, they picked Charlie D'Amelio to be the face of the company. Not like a, oh, this is a girl that randomly is blowing up and now she's just mm. massive. It was like, oh no, we want somebody that is relatable, that is a normal, is a somewhat normal person that we're going to catapult into fame, that we're going to start showing to people because we want that to be what our platform emulates. And it's so smart. It's like ingenious. Instagram was the polar opposite yes. in terms mm -hmm. of what worked. Filters and highlight reel and fake it till you make it and glorified and all of that was what worked. It's like what, you know, everybody was posting. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody was faking it, but yeah. it was like, you're not going to post something for majority of the posts. You're not going to post something unless you put a little bit of effort into it. Mm -hmm. Whereas literally on TikTok, it's almost like they're glorifying the authenticity and the stuff that mm -hmm. is underproduced and the stuff that is like, it's just been on my heart. So I want to put it out there this looks so bad. It doesn't look good. Do you guys care about how it looks? And it's just like, no, that's the stuff that has worked. And so it's just now it's opened up a door for people to be like, I can be who I want to be. I can put out whatever. I don't need to care about the stuff I needed to care about before. That's why it's really caught the attention of so many people. It's awesome. I honestly love it. Like it's my new form of entertainment rather than going to Netflix. I just let my for you page surprise me. And it's so fun. Um, we're <laughs> We're going to dive into more of this um, in our next episode with you, JT. But first, let's wrap up this episode with our quick hit section. So the idea with this is just say whatever comes to mind. We'll try to get through them quick. Sometimes we go off on tangents, but we'll see how we do. So first question, what trait do you most attribute to your success? I don't know what trait this would be, but I feel I don't know if it, what you, how you would categorize this, but I feel like I have a natural instinctual skill of seeing the potential in people that they sometimes might not even see in themselves. And what I mean by that is like, I just think I see the best. I inherently try to see the best in people. And that's not just from like a, a um, like a human being perspective, but more from also like a, I notice things that people are good at and see how they could turn that into a successful career or lifestyle or whatever for themselves. And so now doing what I'm doing, that's like, has had massive success for, for my business now, because now I'm literally giving people strategy and they're asking me like, 
what can I do with like who I am and like what our business is and like what we're doing. And now we're telling stories. So I think that that has been like super impactful. And I also think that that's like something that I think a lot of my friends kind of come to me for of like, what do you think I could do with this? Or I'm having this kind of go on. And like, I love giving people feedback on things or, or not even necessarily giving feedback, but just like being like, bro, you're amazing at this. Yeah. I feel like that's just a skill that I was just naturally born with. It's also a really good skill for leadership. Like you talk to people about their favorite bosses and it's always the people that helped people identify their superpowers and then just put them in positions to go run with it. Yeah, love it. I agree with that. I think yeah. that's why I like being, one, I think that's one of the reasons why I like being a boss so much. Like I absolutely love being a boss. Like one of my, one of my, and a boss is like such an interesting way, way to put it, yeah. but I love being like uh, a founder, an entrepreneur, a boss, uh, a leader. Um, I love having a team that's underneath me in like an organizational chart yeah. because I actually, one of my priorities is for people to say that I'm the best boss that they've ever had yeah. and to say that I'm the best leader that they've had because I enjoy that. Like I genuinely am like, oh, this like pumps me up. And I feel like at the same time with that, the traits that I have been naturally gifted with, I feel like I'm really good at it. And so it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword where I'm like, I, I love this. And it comes, and it also comes natural to me. So it's it's just a very like fulfilling thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have teed us up with a better segue. The next question is, what gives you energy? Oh, that's great. <laughs> people, yeah. The people is some like what gives me energy is being able to do what I want to do at all times, and that doesn't necessarily mean like just have fun. I also think that I enjoy the like gritty like stuff that isn't glamorous and isn't fun I enjoy the process of it but I enjoy being able to do things in my way and I think now that I'm I think that's why I didn't love hockey at the end of it Mm. was because even though I was in the process I wasn't in control of the process at all because I was still an employee of a company that Mm. even though I felt like I was doing my thing and was you know had my ducks in a row if it was, I was still on somebody's PNL, yep. and when I was, and when my thing didn't fit into the budget, and like that, I was still at the expense of the company. And so I think now being like, I'm going to take all accountability, be my own boss, run everything. Yeah, I have to figure everything out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm the last line of defense. I have to figure everything out, and I, I'm on the hook for all of it. I just love being able to go through that process and be like, hey, if I want to do this today, I can do this today. If I don't, I, and I want to legitimately quit. I can do that too. I, it's up yeah. to me. And so I would just say like what gives me energy is just being able to do the process and like enjoy it with good people along the way. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And I, I feel the same way. I left my job in the summer because yeah, I was like, I'm never going to reach my full potential working for someone else and having someone else tell me what to do. I think like you said, it's harder, but it's so much more rewarding. So that's what's so exciting about the creator economy too, is that you can do that now. It's amazing. And I think, sorry, I I want to jump in. I think that if you're not entrepreneurial, where you're like, I need to be my own boss. I think there's a way to like, I I actually think that's something that's highly underutilized, which goes into that thing we were talking about creators versus influencers. I actually think there's a way to do both. I think that it's a highly underutilized thing to be like, I want to work for, I love the stability of working for a company that doesn't drain my energy but I also want to be an entrepreneur and get my own fix. Mm-hmm. And I think you can do both by finding a company or a, a job that is like 
yeah, it might not be exactly what you want to do, but it gets, it pays the bills and it gets everything done so that when you leave that work, you can do what you actually want to do and enjoy it and have that be like supplemental income. But it's like really where you find like your fun and your enjoyment. Mm -hmm, And I think that that, I think that that's a, people call it a side hustle. People call it a side hustle and look at it to like, this is only going to be my part-time thing until I can make enough money to like let go of my company. But I actually think it's a good play if you can and you enjoy it enough to do both forever. If you feel like the work that you're doing with the the main company, with the uh, em- employee company is not draining your side thing that you're doing yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. It's a tough balance. And one other thing is like, I challenge people all the time. So I work in creator marketing and then I have this podcast where we literally talk about entrepreneurship. And so like, I'm not joking. I had three calls today with three brands Every single one of them, I talked about this podcast. And then I come here and I talk to you about that. And it's like, you can find a day job and a side hustle that complement each other. That exists totally. now. Totally. So why would you settle for anything else? Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I love it. This is firing me up. Um, <laughs> okay. Next question. What is your advice for your younger self? It's a great question because I literally was just talking about, I'm, I'm like a big fan of like inner child work, younger self work. Like, yes. You're speaking Emma's part. language. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was a big <laughs> part of me when I retired from hockey of just like going through that process and learning how to work with myself and emotions and just like dealing with my own inner self. Uh, and so I would say there's a lot of things that I would want to say, but like really the main thing would just be like, dude, you got it. Like you're on it exactly the right path that you want to be on and you just know intuitively that you have what it takes and that it's going to work out for you and so just like as much as you can put blinders on in a very kind way but like block out the noise from other people because you actually know what's right it would be it would blow your mind the amount of things that i am doing now that i knew i was going to be doing but the work for me was literally just allowing myself to to put up boundaries between people, other people telling me what I should do and Mm. me knowing exactly what I want to do. Now, all literally all I'm doing now is doing the shit that I knew I was going to do, but I had to go through all the things of like, I got to try out what my coach wants and my dad wants. And then what this mentor wants and what this, just the ideas that they had that I had an inclination. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but I wasn't fully like confident in the fact that I was like, I fucking know what I want to do and I know Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And so if I had any advice, it would just be if you really feel, if you can get quiet with yourself and kind of like really feel like I know what I want, just go really hard after that because you are right. Yeah. And my my advice here too is like, it's not that serious. If you want to go trust yourself and try it out and it all blows up in smoke, it's not that serious. You're what, like 15 years old at the time that you're probably having these thoughts for the first time. There's so much time to recover, even if you don't get it right the first time. The only reason why you're worried about going and fucking that up is because of the other people around you that are telling you it's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's a, and so how do you do that? How do you get over that? That's the work. Like, I mean, if there's a kid that literally is like, fuck you to their parents, like that's yeah. amazing. That's you're, that you're at that kind of like level of self-awareness. I don't think that most people are, no. which is why I think like that's amazing content to put out to people. I think that's why Gary Vee is so popular. He literally stands on that platform of like, do you and don't listen to your parents, love them, but do you because you're going to build resentment up towards them. And so like, I completely agree with that and would double down on that. And like, I think the conversation is one to the kids to like me as a kid or to other kids that are 
growing up that it's like really go hard into what you feel like you actually really enjoy and and notice if you can that your parents are just trying to like look out, out for what's best mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. from their limited yeah. frame of reference. Yeah. So like they're looking out at what they think is best from them based off of what their parents taught them is best for them. And so they don't know, they know what's good for you, but they don't know you on the level that you know yourself, mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do. So like, try not to take it from a place of like, wow, they are just like trying to control me. It's more like they're trying to, they're trying to do what, give you what they think is best for you. They just don't have the actual like right answer. And then the second conversation is to the parents, Mm -hmm. you need to stop fucking telling your kids exactly what they need (laughs) to do and let them them live and let them make mistakes and let them like do their thing because it's how you learn and like, you know, it's how you get to the right place. It's so true. Good advice. What's the last book you read? That's a hard one because I have not read a book in probably three years now. I was reading like a madman when I was playing my last couple years because I was really on like a path of like, where am I at with hockey yeah. and myself and just like, where, what am I doing right now? Do I like this? Mm. Do I want to keep doing it? Do I want to stop? And so I was reading a ton. I think the last book that I really like read front to back was probably The Surrender Experiment. Uh, mm. It's if you've ever ever heard of the book The Untethered Soul, it's like a yeah, so good. yeah, I read that one before. It's the second it's the second book of that. It's good. I here's the thing that I'll say about that about all books. Here I got go. to a point, yeah. I got to a <laughs> point where I was I think I was over seeking information in a way to avoid feeling the way that I was actually feeling. Mm-hmm. I was just like what's the next thing I can read? I love Jay Shetty. And now I love this dude. And now I love untethered soul. And now I love the surrender experiment. And then I'm on Lewis house. And it's like so much, and there's so much good information out there that it's like, it's easy to just be in that cycle of just like self-help rather than getting something and really letting it digest and implement it. And then like fuck up a little bit and see what works for you. And like, take like little pieces of it. I was a very black and white this book is all me and I am taking a hundred percent of it on mm-hmm. rather than like, Oh, I like this chapter, but I don't agree with this chapter. So I'm going to let that go. It was like an all or nothing thing for me. And so I kind of just got to the point where I was like, I was doing those, I was reading those books and I had my own podcast that all of the podcast was at a co-host where we would just kind of dive into books like that or topics like that. And it was just, it got to the point where it was just too, too much information that I was like, I don't feel like I'm really feeling myself yeah. or feeling like mm-hmm. I'm connecting to myself. So yeah. I want to put all of this shit on pause. I'm not, not going to listen to more podcasts. I'm not going to read more books. I'm not going to go and listen to other people's conversations about this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to like put blinders on that same way, put blinders on and just kind of like listen to myself and see how I feel. And that was like a really big thing for me. And literally since I started doing that, I was like, I don't read any more books. Hmm. Yeah, books interesting. No, it's a hot take. And I think it's the same thing if people are asking people for advice all the time when it's like, no, you probably have the answer. Who does like, that? Who would possibly do I'm that? I'm working on it. No I'm working idea. on it. Okay. <laughs> you have, I mean, this is like in a very uh, like esoteric way and in trying to be as grounded with it as possible. Like the, the phrase of like, you have all of the, you have everything you need within yeah. you is so like, it's so hard to kind of understand that because you're like, well, I don't have the answer to this and this and this. And it's almost like the answer is you actually don't need that answer. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually like you have you have what you need. It's just that 
right now you feel like what you need is that answer. And in a way, it might be you need that in a sentence, in a in a sense, but it's like uh, you're looking for something and you already have it. It's just you need to prove yeah. to yourself that you actually have it. Yeah. I've always, this is a really weird thought that I don't think I've ever said out loud besides to Alex, my boyfriend. But when I have kids, the number one thing that I want to teach them is critical thinking. To develop that filter early in their lives so that they're not just accepting everything I say or everything their teachers say, because you're so right. They know from their own perspective what they think is right, but that's certainly not true. And I think we feel like we're bombarded with information now, just wait 10 years. It's going to be so much worse. And so you need to teach these skills early and like definitively. Yeah, I agree. I look at it like, uh, like the word like reparenting is of like yourself. It's kind of like, at reparenting if yeah. you want to call it like um rewiring like whatever circle you're in it's called a different thing but like the way i just look at it is like once you understand the fact that the people that taught you all the shit that you learned knew you to an extent but didn't yeah. know exactly what was perfect for you because they're not you once you understand that and you're like okay if like maybe if all of their intentions were great but like it some of the stuff i just don't vibe with the same way as your parents might love country music doesn't mean that you necessarily love country music because they right. loved it, yeah. you know? And so mm -hmm. the same way of, of that is like with the things that you care about and the things that you, the ways that you view things, once you notice that you actually like a different flavor or a different type of music, like allowing yourself to kind of like let go of the things that you're like, Hey, that wasn't, you know, country wasn't for me. Yeah. And I actually like rap or I actually like dance music. And it's, it's not a negative, it's not a jab at your parents or whoever, your coaches or teachers or whatever. It's actually just like you really allowing yourself to just be like who you are. And yeah. like when you get to that place with yourself, then you're like, I appreciate them for all the shit that they gave me because it was mm -hmm. so much good. But now I no longer need to like be angry at them for like the negative stuff because now yeah. I just don't, it just doesn't, it's just not mine anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, so we just, did we just start a parenting podcast when none of us have kids? <laughs> I love that. I mean, I legit, I'm not joking. I legitimately, t I, t I say this, I've said this on a couple of podcasts. I say this to Sam all the time. I feel like my highest kind of like purpose, whatever you want to call it. The thing that I actually think I'll be the bo best at is being a dad. Yeah. Because I feel mm -hmm. like, I feel like there's so many things wrapped into that. And I, Granted, I don't think it's going to be fucking easy. I think it's going to be really challenging. But yeah. I think that that's like what a lot of the stuff that I'm doing has been leading me towards. And so I'm really excited for that. And I think that it's, it's, uh, it's, it, to me, it's not like, a, a, uh, it's not like a, oh, I'm going to be a parent and like life changes and it just like, <laughs> you end up being so boring and all that. Like I'm fucking yep. stoked yep. and I think it's going to be really fun. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited about yeah. that. Yeah, I'm with you. It is going to be really fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Someday when we all have kids, we're going to do a part two and like <laughs> talk yeah. through what we're learning. <laughs> There'll probably be a lot of things that we're complaining about. I'm going to be like, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I was just, it is a, a menace. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Oh, so good. Okay. Next question. What's one thing you don't understand? One thing I don't understand. Oh, this is great. On the same kind of topic. I don't mm -hmm. understand how the school system is not teaching oh subjects that are actually applicable in real life. Oh Just I'm off the top of my head, when you ask that question, I haven't been asked that in a while. Something you don't understand. And as somebody that tries to literally understand everything, like this yeah. is one that I, 
cannot fully wrap my head around that like things like and it, well, I'm not even talking about self-help I'm literally talking about finances taxes. like how is that not something that yeah. taxes how is that not something that is taught in any level of schooling until you get to college <laughs> self self uh like let's even just talk about like emotional well-being or yeah. physical well-being like nutrition and eating and like how to actually build like a proper mm -hmm. diet how to deal with your emotions how to effectively communicate how to none of that is literally taught instead we're learning about quadrilaterals and like <laughs> milkweed bugs and things that like i've never thought about this shit in my life since i got out of school and it's like that is still a fucking thing it, it blows oh my, my mind. gosh it actually makes me so mad it blows and my it, mind. it can really fuck up your confidence like i'm i'm not like stupid book smart but i wasn't the most book smart kid and when you're trained to say like oh if you don't get good grades you yeah. might not be that successful then there's so much you have to undo uh, and it's just not true yeah. like grades true. do not matter they do not indicate whether or not you'll, you'll be successful and you're not measured on the things that actually show what type of person you're going to be and it's i agree it's annoying. school is not just fucking up kids that are born entrepreneurs it's fucking up any kid that is not going to work a job that requires standardized tests so true you know so it's true. just like <laughs> yeah so when i have a brother that's 12 and a sister that's 10 and i see them going to school and i just see like what they're learning and i'm like bro you're literally never gonna need yeah. like he's learning <laughs> how to he's learning how to multiply like learning how to multiply fractions and i'm like I haven't, you're never, ever going to need to do this off the top of your head. Yeah. You have a calculator on your phone. You can yeah. say it into fucking Siri. Uh, so I'm just like, this is the fact that it, we have, there's not even conversations about they need to change the curriculum in these yeah. schools. It's just crazy to me. Well, um, I have this whole vision for, and this is not revolutionary. I've probably pulled it from other people, but just this decentralized education system that I'm like, honestly chomping at the bit for. I'm so excited. We're starting to see things like the alt MBA take off and like there's precedence now that change can happen. And now we just need to stoke the fire. I that love actually that. Like, gets me fired up. I posted a, uh, I posted a TikTok when I was with my brother and sister and was just like, I was just like, if they're, I don't understand what is going on with these schools, but like, why has there not been like an alternative school system where totally. you can get, where you can choose the, where you have, where you get like a 10 families and you're like, we're going to meet at WeWork and we're going to hire a teacher yes. and they're going to teach like all of the subjects that we want our kids to learn. And the social aspect will still be there because there'll be kids there, you know, and I, there, there's like 8,000 comments on it now of people being like, this is a thing. It's called pods. It's called yeah homeschool huh. it's called and so i guess it's already a thing i just don't think it's at the scale that it should be at i no, think it's something that is like very real it's also not regulated at all so i have a friend who's a pod teacher and she has five families and then the problem is though she's got two kids per family one of them's three years old and one of them's eight years old and so her curriculum she's like juggling so much but i just feel like that's like a process inefficiency if you got five five-year-olds together and all taught them the same curriculum, it would be great. But what she's noticing is she's able to identify strengths and how people learn. Like, okay, this is a really stupid example. And I hope she listens to this. But she noticed that one guy was like, he was more creative and more stimulated when he sat next to a window. And so she put him out in like the sunroom and he was doing all of his curriculum, acing it, like flying through it. And then everyone else was in the basement and the rest of it. It's like, that would never happen in a normal school system. Wow. And it's like the simplest change. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
Yeah. I can't wait for that stuff to be mainstream. Yeah. 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 I love it. We're getting there. <laughs> JT, just give us a little longer. It's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Our, yeah. our future kids are going to be in a pod together. No, apparently. <laughs> amazing. In LA. Yeah, yeah I in LA. That's going to happen. But, great. Okay, great. Um, next question. I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but it was fun. I'm glad we love did. It. Next question. What's a brand that you're loving right now? A brand that I'm loving right now from a consumer, I would say I, I'm a huge fan of Tonal. That's like, uh, mm-hmm. a, not necessarily a friend in the sense of the people that founded it, but the team that I've worked with there, uh, I've worked with them now for like two years and just like the, the mix, between, I'm a huge tech, I don't want to say nerd, but just like, not because I like the actual like back end of like the engineering of shit, but I love functional technology in the sense of like technology that makes your life easier and looks cool and is like easy to use. And Tonal is like at the very intersection of that for me where it's, health and wellness mixed with cool technology. Yeah. And so when they, when I started working with them and started like getting on calls with them, I was just like, you guys are an amazing team. And, th- and then I tried their product and I was like, Jesus, this thing is so good. And I love it, it so is much. It's so good. Yeah. It's great. Do you have one? I don't have one, but a guy at my work does and it's sick. It's so cool. Yeah. It is like, it is. So I love them. I think they're an amazing company. And I think that like they're a company that I just see like a lot of, future um success from mm-hmm. so they're a company that i really like right now yeah cool good, good one next question who do you think gets it for me that takes me more towards tiktok of like who gets creative mm-hmm. strategy who gets like what's going on in the world i'm interested for this answer yeah there's a couple people that i think really get it i think ryanair on tiktok really gets it i think that they really understand the co- this is a, an like airline, airline? A European airline. <laughs> what? Go look at their TikTok while we're on the phone, while we're on this Zoom, and you'll and you'll uh, and you'll understand why. I, I was like, um, I must have misheard him. Just wait, let me wait, and let me give you a couple more. But I'll tell you why. Okay. Companies right now, particularly bigger companies that are have a corporate background or are publicly funded or whatever, they are usually the slowest movers to new. Oh my gosh! Tech. And when you see a company like Ryanair, that's an enormous company that has that is really keeping up with what's popping, what's top of mind for Gen Z or or, wow. the, or people that are doing it the right way. I am like, wow, whoever is running this is very smart and is and is must be skilled at what they're doing because to convince a head of marketing that is coming from the background of yes. corporate that you need to be doing TikTok trends is like that takes a skilled person to do. So Ryanair's doing that. Nerf is doing that. There's Duolingo. a creator. Duolingo is an amazing company that's doing that and and she is a wizard at what she does. The girl yeah. that is the bird of Duolingo. Smaller companies that I think are doing that really well. If you go look at, this is one that I think has one of the cooler strategies, La La Land Kind Cafe. It's an LA cafe. And basically what they do is they just drive around and they film videos of them yelling affirmations oh at strangers. Oh my gosh, I've seen this. They basically drive up to people and say like, yo, your yes. fit is incredible. Or yo, Aww. I just hope you have an amazing day. And they film it and post it. And their videos obviously go viral because it's anything in public with a random person. Yes. Really has a good opportunity. So their stuff goes viral and they've built a massive following because of that. And I think that they just do a really good job as well. Oh my There's gosh. Right cool. I love okay. those videos. Yeah. Yeah. Great answers. Thanks. I know we're running out of time. So I just have one more question for you, JT. Cool. 
What is your advice for people who want to create content, but are scared to take the plunge and start doing it? Good question. Start making videos in your phone without even posting anything. Just talk into your camera and just literally put them in a folder, hide them, do whatever you need to do with them. Just so you get the (laughs) feel of you talking to the camera. Then create a fake TikTok account. Don't follow anybody. Don't add any of your friends. Don't do any of that. Don't link your phone number. Don't link your email. And just start getting in the feel of filming and clicking post because you'll start to feel like, oh, I am actually putting this out there for the world to see. I hope none of my friends see it, but humans in the world are seeing this. That's on TikTok. Then when you get comfortable with that a little bit, then make an account and only post the ones that you feel really good with, but add your friends and like start posting things where you actually are like, okay, I felt really good with this one. I'm going to post it. And then eventually you get to the point where you're like, I'm just going to post anything and I don't care what any of my friends see or any of them see. And I'm just going to fully, that's kind of like the segue that you can kind of lead up and do that. That's how I would start. That was way more tactical than I was expecting. That's really good advice. I get asked that question a decent amount. And obviously the typical answer is like, is like spend the time to like build your self-esteem up to where you don't care about anybody else. That's a much harder thing to ask somebody. (laughs) So I do think that there is self-esteem that's involved with that. But the tactical approach, like the the first of you just literally walking around your neighborhood and talking into a camera and you're outside and people can see you, that Mm -hmm. is something that immediately you're going to feel resistance towards. You're going to be like, whoa, they're looking at me. You getting over that hurdle is like a step. And then you saving it in your phone and not immediately deleting it, that's another step. And then you opening that other TikTok, not adding anybody, but posting one of those, that's another step. So eventually it's just that you're taking little steps to eventually get to the place where you're like, I'm going to film wherever, whatever, post it. And hopefully a million people see it because now mm-hmm. I want them to see it. Yeah. And I think all of those things build up your self-esteem and confidence along the way. Like you were saying, like, yeah, it's harder to just say, oh, go be confident. But those are actually ways to do it. Just putting yourself out there. And once people start liking it, you're like, oh shit, I'm actually doing something good here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, JT, this has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad our friend Arsh texted you. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> I agree. Completely agree. But yeah, thanks again. This was great. Uh, I really enjoyed this podcast. That was a great one. And I'm excited for round two, whether that's sometime <laughs> soon or whether that's when we have all have children. <laughs> Uh, we'll see, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, time will tell. Thanks, JT. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, right? Was that not such a fun episode? We didn't lie to you. No, we didn't lie. JT was awesome. He has such good energy, super easy to talk to, and yeah, just a really inspiring person. I think if you're interested in becoming a creator, or you want to start posting on TikTok, or honestly, you just want to, there's something you want to go after and you need a hype man, go find him on TikTok, go find him on Instagram. His content's great. We'll link it all below for you. And this episode would not have been made possible if not for some very pivotal and important people in They Get It's Lives. Shout out to Burke Johnson, our podcast editor and technical production. And then shout out to Bay Media for all handling pretty much everything in our lives. Shout out to Liz. Thank you so much. And Bay Media in general. We could not do what we do without the two of you. Honestly, like I think that's one thing that is a takeaway from starting a podcast is there's so much work that goes into it, especially when you're trying to operationalize it and turn it into a business. So 
having these partners on board now, you guys, it's such a relief because we get to focus on just making good content for you and less of the behind the scenes stuff, which is amazing. So yes, thank you. Thank you to our partners, Liz, literally, I don't know what I'd do without you. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We just have the one episode this week. We just got chatting with JT and filled up our whole recording slot in one episode, (laughs) which happens and that's all good. So yeah, feel free to join us on Instagram at they.get.it. Feel free to leave us a rating and review, especially if you're on Spotify right now, because they just released that and it really helps us get more listens when we have more ratings and reviews. So yeah, if you could do that, we would love you dearly. I mean, we already do. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week. See you then.